You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. We're going to talk to John Lefebvre. Do you see, what was the movie with DiCaprio? Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall yeah. Street. This guy's like a real over. We've had uh, Jordan Belfort on the show before. Right. And he's very much calm now and... He says, well, you know, some of those stories were uh, exaggerated and for the movie. And this guy, uh, John Lefebvre, uh, he says he he worked in London and I believe he was sent over to Hong Kong. And his stories make the other ones look, I mean, he's whipping his wean out. He's got <laughs> he's got um, uh, hookers that were maids in, in uh, hotel rooms. He's got plates of cocaine. I mean, he's they were living some crazy-ass life. If you uh, Google his name, uh, the DailyMail.com has an article that says, uh, debauched banker who makes the wolf of Wall Street look like a pussycat. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that's what I read, and I'm actually going to read uh, some of the stuff that the Daily Mail wrote on here because it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that people survive after living uh, this sort of life. Let's welcome John to the show right now. John, how are you, sir? Good morning. Thanks for having me. I, I'm surprised after reading some of the stuff that you guys went through that you're still uh, that you're still alive and seem to be functioning in a normal life now. Well, you know, I had to remove myself from that environment just to, just to stay alive, but I, I made it. You you were a uh, when did things get crazy for you? You were normal. You were a normal banker, and then uh, was it when they transferred you to what Hong Kong, or is it before that? I just, they, they started to get crazy, you know, the farther and farther you get away from New York. So when I went to London, things got a little crazy. And then when I went to Asia, the wheels came off. That's, that, and I've never been there. And I would imagine if you go to Asia with a lot of money, you can, like, it's pretty much like having, like, the, the girls and the massages and all that stuff. That seems to be pretty uh, obtainable by the, by the average person, yes? Yeah, you know, I would, I would call Hong Kong a... You know, first of all, it's a, it's almost a third world, you know, country mentality, but it's a, it's obviously a first rate city. So the way we looked at it, it, it was almost like a, a tropical island paradise that was masquerading as a legitimate, you know, financial center of the world. And don't you feel like you could do anything over there that nobody will ever find out? No, you'll, you'll never care. Like you can get away with murder over there. Pretty much. I mean, well, people actually do get away with murder. Yeah. But I think because of the, the overhang of uh, colonialism, they almost treat white people better than they treat their own local people. It's like reverse racism there. It's amazing. You think that or you think that for some reason they all have a feeling that you're going to help them get out? No, no. I think they genuinely um, they genuinely feel that. I mean, I have Chinese friends who when they go into a department store, they will speak English. Or if they get pulled over by the police, they will speak English because they think they get treated better if they tell them that they are, you know, a Chinese from California than uh, a Chinese guy from Hong Kong. That's interesting. Uh, the book is called Straight to Hell, True Tales of uh, Deviance, Debauchery, and Billion Dollar Deals. Uh, did you decide to write this after Wolf of Wall Street? Like, were you watching Wolf of Wall Street or reading the book going, Jesus, we were way worse than these guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing about Wolf of Wall Street is, is I've always said, you know, it's not about Wall Street. It's about a bunch of community college rejects who move out to Long Island, commit crimes, right. and then party like rock stars. And so we were always joking, wow, you know, if people 
are this entertained by this kind of stuff. Imagine what they would think if they realized that kind of the manifestations of greed and excess and deviance debauchery were the same, even if you look at the quote-unquote best and brightest, the guys that go to Ivy League schools, the guys that work at, you know, blue-chip, white glove firms like Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan. Were you looking at guys... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Belfort when that was when you were you looking at guys like Jordan Belfort when that was going on going it's never going to last for them they're they're small time criminals yeah you know bucket shops um, didn't even really register on the radar screen for us I mean no one was really focused on that even when the book came out it wasn't it wasn't anything that anybody you know in the actual banking space really talked or cared about well that's that's interesting so they flew under the radar for for the most part when when yeah. you no one. Go ahead. No one regards that as, as, as Wall Street. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, they were. You're right. Those in Long Island. That's why nobody refers to anything outside of Long Island as as New York. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, we're we're talking to John Lefebvre. John's the uh, author of the book uh, Straight to Hell: True Tales of Deviance, Debauchery, and Billion Dollar Deals. The good part is all the reviews in the book say, um, even if you don't want to hear about the banking and uh, those sort of things, just the stories written from your point of view make it a an interesting read if you if you don't mind i want to read this uh paragraph this is from bloomberg and you could tell me uh maybe you could elaborate it says you guys were pretty much drunk every every afternoon and night true uh during the bull market days true we would have two and three hour lunches almost every day with our colleagues with our competitors and, and with our clients i mean i remember getting drunken prank calls from clients on the desk yeah, hazing me for for being at the desk instead of at the bar with them. <laughs> yeah, they're all out there from from clients who manage billions of dollars. What's the, what's the most you were worth uh, when you were doing that? Oh, I don't ever really you know talk. I don't want to talk about money or anything. <laughs> Give me an idea. Like it said, it said here that uh, you guys could blow a year's bonus on a week in central pay. So what would a, what would a week's what would a, a bonus be? Well, that was when we were first starting out. I, the, the genesis of that story is how your mentality gets totally warped the, the longer you're in that environment. So for, in that example, I was talking about how my, my first bonus when I was 22 was you know, somewhere in the context of you know, $75,000. And I told my boss I was going to invest it prudently, and he just laughed and said, that's, that's insane. Like, that's not a lot of money compared to what you'll be making. Next year and the year after, just just go spend it all in a week, and that's that's what we did for a few years with our you know our first few bonuses. So give me give me, so uh, you can't. I, mean, I don't blame you for not wanting to talk about it now, but give me an idea of what you what, did it pan out? Were you making that much money? Where you like seventy five seventy five thousand dollars bonuses were not that big of a deal? Yeah, you know, a seventy five thousand dollars bonus is what you would expect in your early twenty, and then you know, for for most of the book, I would say. You know, I was uh, kind of a, a VP level person. So, you know, a typical VP would make somewhere in the kind of mid to high six figures. And then once you become a director or MD, then you push into the the seven figures. And it's, it, there's such variation that it's hard to actually put a put a number on it. See, now I went to a college preparatory high school in New York, and they wanted us all to work on Wall Street. And I wish, I, God, this book would have come out while I was in high school. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have been like, okay, I can do this. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the point, right? Is everyone says they want their their daughters to marry guys like that, and hopefully, in in, in what I reveal about this culture, you know, people should really you know think again about that. Yeah, but I mean, you're not you, you're not totally turned against it. I mean, you guys had good times with coke and hookers, and that's part of the that's part of the young growing up process, right? Yeah, you know, as I said, I don't have any regrets. I didn't I didn't write this 
um, you know, with any kind of epiphany. This isn't a tale of redemption. It's, it's fairly unapologetic. I mean, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to put that world behind me, but we had we had a blast. Uh, one of the things that it says here is that there are a lot of stories about prostitutes, uh, and, but this is my favorite. Uh, Galvin one time uh, paid a woman with fried chicken. Um, <laughs> it says that you paid a woman with uh, hotel mini bar bottles. Yes, that is true. And, and she was so good at math, she actually returned you know, some M&Ms and a toddler, and when I went over the bill, I we should have hired her. <laughs> uh, uh, you wrecked a Maserati? Were you drunk? Yeah, I can't, I, you know, I was severely, severely hungover. You know, we had been out all all night partying, and I decided to go for an early morning drive at um, about 5 o'clock in the morning to see if I could drive from Hong Kong to China to see how long that would take me. Normally, it's about an hour. I made it in about 20 minutes. <laughs> and then on the way back, uh, I ran into some, uh, some issues, totaled it. And I wasn't sure about, you know, what was going to happen, so I just had to leave the scene. Were you ever... <laughs> That's why Hong Kong is such a great place because, you know, it's a first world city, but you can just leave the scene, you know, call a guy, pay a guy, and your problems disappear. That's what I was going to ask you. Were you ever worried about, uh, you know, something like that going to jail? But I guess if you got the money, you could pay your way out of anything over there. Pretty much, yeah. God, this... This makes me long for things like this. You may want to go All to right. Hong Kong. So at the end of Goodfellas, the worst thing about uh, Henry Hill's life was now he was just a regular snook where he had to go live in uh, a city where nobody knew who he was and he had to eat spaghetti with ketchup on it. And now you are married and you what, live in Houston with your wife and kids? Yeah, I live, um, I live uh, on a golf course in, in Houston and hang out with my wife and kids and uh, drink beer in the afternoon. You know, I don't compare it to, to Henry Hill being surrounded by, you know, old, retired, boring white people. For me, it, you know, it, it keeps me out of trouble. No, but there's got to be a moment where you're like, uh, like like when your wife starts bitching that you have to throw the garbage, and you're out there throwing the garbage, and you go, it's, I swear to God, it, 20 years ago I was banging two hookers at a time, <laughs> snorting coke off of this one's BH, and now i got to throw garbage <laughs> for the, for her. You know, they got to miss it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I have, um, I have opportunities to what I call let the bat out. So I'll go to New York or L.A. or Miami with some with some friends and and kind of pretend it's it's ten years ago. Yeah, that's I need good. To do that maybe once once a quarter, and and then I can the pendulum can swing back to this you know golf course uh, leafy suburb lifestyle that I have now. Are you worried about uh, how old are your kids? Are you worried about them reading some of the stories about you whipping your crank out and things like that? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to you know address that when I come across it. But uh, yeah, my kids are both under the age. So oh, you got a long, you got a long way to go, but there's going to be a time where they're like, "Daddy, <laughs> I went to the library today and looked up my own name." And yeah. they're boom, boom, boom. Well, good, good luck. I tell you, I got the book right here, and I definitely want to check it out. And everything you read about it tells you how how fun and interesting it is. Straight to hell: the true tales of deviant debauchery and billion dollar deers. John, good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Good luck with the book. There you go. Uh, it seems to me it's a Wolf of Wall Street escalated. It's like he said, those right. guys. If you watch that movie or you saw Boiler Room, you know that they were lower-level guys outside of Wall Street who made those penny stock deals and made uh, a small fortune on it, whereas these guys were dealing in billion-dollar deals every day. Yeah. The money is just to the next level. And all of them just out drinking and partying during lunch and stuff. Crazy. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.